0: to Call That Girl's Microsoft 365 show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this week I have Neil Robinson from intoinbox.com with me to discuss email delivery and other things you need to know about. Welcome, Neil. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm I'm excited. excited. (laughs) You know, I'm excited too, and I was going to say that I haven't done a show in a couple years, and I've been starting to get the podcast feeling back, and You know, me and you've been talking about doing some marketing together, and I was like, you're a perfect person to come on the show because techs like myself don't know a lot about what you do. We don't need to know it all. It's very hard to keep up with it, and so that's why I like to refer you work and keep you in mind when my clients need it. So why don't you go
1: ahead and tell us what you do so that people can find out. In a a short wrap-up, I'm an email nerd. I I've been doing admin consulting for years and I always get stuck being the email guy. So no one likes dealing with it, but everyone needs it. And if it doesn't work, everyone knows it. So that's where my niche was. I've just kind of like, I, I like working with the systems. I like work with businesses because they need, it's important to them. And so that's where I am after 20 years, the email guy. Right. And I think in my, when I first met you, I forgot how we even met, maybe through a Facebook group. Uh, yeah, I think it was Facebook
0: group. Yeah, I was having a problem with a with a one of my clients is having problems with getting their email to deliver properly. And so I put a post out. I For those that follow the show, they know I own the Facebook group for 365. And Neil reached out to me and said, I think I can help. And I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I do DMARC, SPF records, um, newsletters, stuff like that to make sure everything works correctly. And I said, perfect, my client needs you. And so we worked on one project together, and the client was having problems with one of their domains that we fixed because they owned it, right, I believe? Yeah. They owned the domain. So they have to be the owner for you know, to help them. They just can't help an employee. And after that, I said, I'm going to keep you in mind for everything. things. So it was an email issue that I believe
1: she wasn't getting it or was always hitting her junk. It, w- it was her, I think it was her Wix store. Her Wix communication wow. wasn't working and the DNS was all, all out of whack. You know, she she tried to do it. She had you come in to help with it after the fact. Oh. And um, once, once the DNS gets kind of funky because she was switching providers, right? It's, you have to get that extra set of eyes to look at it and let's, let's clean it up. Let's get to where they need to go. And so that's where I came in to help you. Yeah, and that's where I don't think a lot of, like, you know, for me, I work with email
0: every day, but I don't understand all the records and where they should be and the placement. And plus, what I didn't understand is how many um, different websites have to be, like, authenticated with the DNS to make sure it gets delivered.
1: Yeah. Your newsletter. That's the thing that people don't understand is, is your domain, no matter what you send from, wherever it is, it all matters whether it's your Microsoft 365 or G Suite with your business emails, whether it's your Wix store, your, you know, your newsletter, if it's using your company and domain, it needs to be set up. And that's what people don't understand. They go through, they get their G Suite done, and then they go in and they, oh, let me get MailChimp or ConvertKit, or let me set up a Squarespace. It all matters. They, they all have to be set up correctly and to get the best effect. Right. I always look at,
0: at clients' SPF records when I start to help them. Because like you, I believe Neil told or you told me this once that you do a lot of investigating on what is out on the internet already. So that's how when I start profiling a client, I can go look at their MX records and I start doing the, the, okay, this is outdated. That's not done. So I can be prepared. Most people have just one line, right? The simple should. Yeah. But then I have a lot. Because I have other things, and so
1: the lines of the SPF record get extended as you need more. Right, and, right. and there's a lot of differences because you can have an SPF, but you might not have the proper server set up or your proper right. systems in place because I can see an SPF record like, oh, yeah, that's the format looks good, but I don't think you're using this provider anymore. Right. I don't think you're using this one. Or, you know, they have two different SPFs. You know, they they set up their their Microsoft or their G Suite and then they go to Wix. We'll just we'll use Wix as an example because it's consistent. Okay. They say we just like use this SPF. And what they do is they add another SPF record. Well, that's a problem. Right. But they don't know it. They're just following the instructions and that's what Wix is trying to give it to make it easier for you. So it's it's one of those things you have to kind of know what you're doing with it and and or ask someone. Right. For me, it's where do you put the colon and where do you put
0: the I don't know any of that and honestly I don't want to know it you know so the thing I've learned is I don't like doing things I I don't want to you know I don't want to learn things I'm gonna do every blue moon you know plus what I like Neil is telling the clients you know what I'm not an expert in those records that you can go to Neil for and I believe I sent you another client that was having some sales lead issues too right Mm-hmm. So that's another thing is that one of my clients was like Lisa, the mailbox isn't delivering correctly, and I said, you know what? Not my thing. I can do basics.
1: That's what I do, but I can't do the the advanced stuff. Right, and and I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And and he his SPF his DMARC weren't set up correctly. Um, yeah. he didn't have the DKIM validating correctly for his providers. Um, he had his his sales platform that he was doing some of the the more intake type emailing process. And then he had a, a customer relation system that he used for those existing customers. And once again, he had to get the, the sales system and the customer relations system, both on the same domain, both validating. Right. And once we did that, he sent me an email saying, hey, my open rates tripled. <laughs> like, well, that- yeah, they should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you take a minute to explain so the average person that doesn't maybe know, SPF is the big one. That's the one that most people do first, right? Right. Okay. Right. Then that's just like, so when I, when I set up people's Microsoft accounts, I usually do the SPF record, which is pretty standard. It uh It's the same for the Microsoft 365. Then you can have other ones added right. in there to authenticate like your newsletter system or your CRMs. Right. Correct. So that's all stuff you do mm-hmm. record of, like validation. Then there's, DKIM, and DMARC. And that is stuff I don't still understand. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. So going back to SPF, the way I, we see it is that your SPF is your authorized senders. Okay. That is your list of who can, who can send as me. Like you said, Microsoft uses the same servers. Google uses the same servers because they have a whole outbound system in place. Right. And then you add in MailChimp's convert kits. And each one of those senders really should be included in that SPF record. Your next, next part is your DKIM. That's kind of like your passport or your driver's license. That's basically okay. saying this message is from this sender and it really is valid. Okay. It's that way to it, it it prevents tampering and it also ways to validate each individual message. So that's important to tie it to your domain because it's a security me- it's a security measure. So how does that work with spoofing? Cuz like some people like you'll get an email
0: from yourself. You know, that's a spoof
1: yeah well, usually what happens if you check the inf- the two information or the from let me the from
0: yeah. they
1: mask it they they'll say like it's from Neil Robinson, but if I look at the address, it's really some right. other place. Um, so what it is is if a if an account gets hacked and they're compromised and they have all their stuff set up, those emails they send are going to be valid. but what you're doing is you're preventing someone from creating their own email server okay. and, else, and sending out as you. gotcha. So the last part that ties it all together, so SPF authorizes, DKIM validates, DMARC is giving you total control over how those emails are handled. Okay. You're telling the inbox providers, you're saying, hey, when you get an email from me, if it doesn't match SPF or it doesn't have the proper DKIM, you can either ignore it, just let it come through. You can say, throw it to spam, which is a quarantine tag, or Mm -hmm. you can say, just get rid of it. And that's a reject. So what you're doing is, because of the how important it is and how hard it is to get some of these things set up, mm. if you have a what's called a strict DMARC with the or quarantine, a lot of the providers are starting to listen to that. So you're giving total control over, hey, I know my email servers, I'm using Microsoft and Wix and uh, MailChimp. If it's not coming from those three, I want you to get rid of it. So mm. you're keeping yourself safe and you're keeping your recipient safe. I think DMARC is like the holy grail, right? Like mm-hmm. that strict domain in there, that is the the top notch you can get. Right. And, oh. and and that means that if you have a strict record and you don't have SPF or DKIM properly set up, you could be hurting yourself. Right. And that's the that's the careful thing you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: uh, I've had a couple of people do my records. Uh, one uh, fella did one a few years ago and then I had you do a quick spot check because it's been a while. Plus, I try to, um, you know, learn a little bit from you so I can know what I want to learn, which is pretty much, you Neil. Know, I stay out of it. Because, you know what, if I start wasting my time on things, I don't know. My favorite thing is to not do that. So, like, yeah, just have Neil do it. But, but I think a lot of people don't see the value in, in getting those records done sometimes. And, you know what, I'm, I'm going to jump to the next topic here because this drives me nuts, is junk mail folder. I cannot tell you how many people I see hit my junk folder and I check my junk mail like my regular inbox. I literally have it right above my inbox and my favorites because every email to me is critical. And I, you know what I should be doing? Well, actually I did this for a while is I emailed them and said, you're, you hit my junk mail. Let's check your records. But people don't really care. I'm like, you should care. I'm in a Microsoft system and you came to my junk. Something's wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing most people don't look at is your Gmail versus your Microsoft, because right. I see that, too, where I'll have I'll sign up for different customers. And in my Microsoft, mm-hmm. they go into my junk In my Gmail, they make it to the inbox or promotions, but they look kind of ugly. You always get the send on behalf of. Right. And the thing that people have to understand going forward is security is becoming a bigger, bigger issue in the email world. Yeah. You know, I think there's trillions of dollars lost a year on sp- spoofing and phishing attacks. You know, mail, Microsoft, Google—they're protecting their their users, so security is becoming more and more of a big big concern. Um, setting up these records, you know, not only does it get you in the inbox, but because you're not seeing the the weird sent on behalf of or Microsoft does the cannot verify the sender, a lot of users are going to start getting taught if. If you don't trust the email address or if you don't trust this, just delete it. You're not going to get those conversions or those opens that you want. Um, So that's that's the part that people don't understand yet is that security is slowly becoming like a crucial, crucial thing. And the thing that really kind of from my side that I see that really kind of like, why aren't you doing it? You only have to do it once. Once you get it set up correctly, you're done. And most people don't take those time because it's an added technical step. It's an okay. added thing that they don't want to deal with because people like me do because we're weird on right. our side. But well, um, we still check our stuff. I do every blue moon, too. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: have I have wonders about that. Like that person hasn't gotten back to me. Well, one of my new customers or someone someone who just asked me if I would you know, do some work for them. I didn't hear back for three days. And I was kind of like, so they they sent me a message on LinkedIn first. And I said, my email, he goes, you were in my junk. They are just as big as a corporation as Microsoft. And I ended up in their junk. All my records are fine. So I'm guessing they have a tighter filter than I have.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing we do with like Microsoft companies. No one can guarantee 100% inbox placement. It's, it's just, you just can't do it. I used to have work at a place where I I went to some conference when I first started there and that was a big mistake because I gave my email to all the vendors. Right. So I set my junk mail filter to like high security. I, if you're not on my contact list, I'm not getting it. Um, but for the most part, if you're sending out and you're following, there's a lot of best practices to do too. Right. But if you're following those rules and your authentication set up and your security is in place, you're going to land in the inbox. Yeah. So. Well, let me tell you that um,
0: the junk mail folder, I teach to my clients to check it every day and you would not believe how many say, I never looked there. Like they're proud of it. And I go, no, you should be looking there every day. There's money in that inbox. Trust Mm -hmm. me. And once I start telling them the next time I help them, they're like, look at my junk mail. They're really happy and proud because they keep it clean. And I said, you know, there's, there's a lot to managing your junk mail folder, which most people have thousands of unreads and things like that. I can quickly clean that up and teach them and unsubscribe to stuff. But one thing that people don't know, Neil, is when you hit that um, in 365, when it says uh, unsubscribe button, all that does is puts it in junk. It doesn't unsubscribe you. From anything. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You really, you really, to do yourself and do the people a favor that are sending you emails, you need to find their link at the bottom that says unsubscribe. That's right. The the thing that people don't understand is there's a law that as soon as you hit that, they have 10 days to remove you. And if you don't, there is big repercussions. So that unsubscribe is beneficial for you and it's beneficial for the senders. Just because you don't want it doesn't mean there's other customers, other clients in your same organization that want it. Right. So that I, I really, really promote unsubscribes. Yeah, I do too. So it's part of my junk mail cleanup.
0: And I also try to tell my clients when you see somebody in there that, you know, you should tell them you're in the, you know, you got their mail in the junk or you got their mail in the junk. So they know, so they're aware of it. A lot of people don't have any clue. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, with all these clients I'm seeing stuck in the junk, how are they even doing their business?
1: Like, they, ever- they're yeah. using LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's going to be happening more and more. I think is. I I actually am talking with someone now that he his email systems. We're we're trying to fix his email systems, and he he reverted to LinkedIn because of some practices he was doing right. for a lot of his stuff. Did you see the LinkedIn connectivity tool?
0: I have not seen that one. I just saw it. And I, and I kind of knew when LinkedIn got bought by Microsoft, that they would eventually integrate because it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just the other day I was looking at an invite I got and it said LinkedIn connectivity. So I clicked on it and it wanted me to log into LinkedIn and I didn't have my creds with me. So I didn't do it, but I'm going to do it now. See what happens. That's really uh, cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm on so. LinkedIn every day and, uh you know, I just, um, it's just part of my world now. I'm trying to spend as much time on LinkedIn as I am on Facebook.
1: You yeah. For, if, if, you're, if you're B2B, you should be in LinkedIn.
0: I know. Well, I, I did quit Facebook for three or four days just to try it, to not see what happened. And I actually found, what's funny is I was watching the same news feeds and the same things. And it's just like Facebook, right? But I found myself searching more and finding people, and exploring profiles, and I was like, wow, I, I actually got some new ideas for that's business stuff, yeah, yeah, so anyway, eventually LinkedIn, um, I don't know what they're going to do with an email program, but I wouldn't doubt it, people are actually,
1: people are turning their websites into LinkedIn profiles. Well, that's what they do with, I mean, you think yeah. about Facebook, how, how many businesses have you seen that have a Facebook page versus a website?
0: You know what? I have seen it, but not in a while, but I have seen websites turning to LinkedIn profiles.
1: I could, I could see that.
0: Well, actually my business, I could do that because all my information is right on my LinkedIn profile. And it actually gives me a really good look and who knows? I'm not going to do it now, but never know. It's an opportunity. Okay, so let's talk about newsletters, Neil, because this is one thing that my clients and I think all technicians that are listening and businesses do use for marketing. Um, I know that uh, MailChimp is different than constant contact. And I know that when I send out a newsletter, I always expect about the same results. Once, once we got my uh, records updated, with, with when you updated them, I noticed my open rates got a lot better because it was hitting the inbox. That's my goal. And so what I try to do is word it so you don't use the bad words, the ones that, that, that catches the
1: filters on all of them, right? That's, that's still applicable, but it's becoming lower down the priority list because okay. the, the filters are getting smarter. Okay. And the smarter the filter gets those clear guidelines are kind of going out the window because yeah, you think about the old barracudas, the old proof points, those old filters, yeah. they had that dictionary that, that said, if it hits these, these certain keywords, it's spam. So while it's still prevalent, it's still there. Okay. The filters are getting smarter, especially dealing with things like Microsoft, Gmail, your, your Verizon, which is your AOL Yahoo. Right. They've invested so much into those filters that the keywords aren't as big of an issue. As long as you're not doing like, free, all caps, exclamation, exclamation, money, you know, blue pill, you know, those types of things. Um, So really what it boils down to now is once again, authentication, security is number one. It's always authentication. That that helps you so much. The other thing that might surprise you is your consistency. If you have, say you have a 7,000 person list and you send it out once a month on a random day at a different time, that's how spammers work. Spammers wow. just basically will say, hey, I got this email server that I compromised or I hijacked. I'm going right. to blast it with thousands of emails right. out of the blue. So with the intelligence of these filters, if you send it the same time, same day, on a consistent schedule with about the same volume, you're going to get better inbox placement because you're, it's not suspicious.
0: Okay. So
1: if you have your list, which you should, as an online business nowadays, you should have an email list. As a techie guy, I'm the worst about it right now. We're trying to build it and I need to. Um, but your list needs to be sent out consistently. You need to be clear what to expect to your users. Okay. Like, hey, I'm going to send you an email every week and follow up on it. Because um, right. just like people expect it, email servers expect it too. Right. So, so that's a big proponent that you have to understand that you can't just take two, three months off mm. and just go back to the same habits. So if you take time off, you have to now warm up your provider again <laughs> you have to go back and say okay i have 7 right. 000. this week let me start with a thousand and then next week i'll do two or three thousand and then you build up to it and you want to start with the engaged right if, if you notice lisa in your marketing system you should have like who opened it yeah. who clicked you want to start with those that had engaged more because that's going to give you in the inbox going to start you want a better reputation when you start getting back into the consistent cycle. Oh, gotcha. So that's the key that you want to follow. Yeah. you should just dump it all into one. <laughs> and and, like... and 7,000 is not bad. That's it. Cause you, you think about it, 7,000 yeah. split across three or four different providers. Cause you always have that. And it, it breaks it down to smaller chunk. Right. But just imagine if you had 50, 100,000 people on your list or larger, and then someone's blasting that, what do you think is happening to their emails?
0: Right, right, in the junk mail, well, he's talking about my list seven thousand, but I've actually uh what's it called procured mine or I think that's the right word down to a good seven thousand through all the years I've had I got on a uh, list review with constant contact because I <laughs> did the smart thing I imported all my LinkedIn contacts into a folder called LinkedIn in constant contact. <laughs> And I got on the list review immediately (laughs) because all those people on LinkedIn marked me as spam and they were not happy about it. I'm going to tell you that they were not. And so if you've noticed less and less, people aren't doing that with their LinkedIn contacts
1: anymore. Importing in social media contacts is basically like buying a purchase list or renting a list out. The idea with email marketing, it's permission based and you're, and these people are giving you permission to invade their personal space. Their inbox is their house. So you really want to have an intake process where they come to you, they fill out a form and they put themselves on your email list. And that's what you want because they're giving permission. They want your information and you're building that engagement with them. So, so definitely don't, Pull con- don't pull your LinkedIn no. contacts. No. don't pull your Facebook contacts. Don't just grab some directory somewhere and pull it in. You you need to have an intake process. I think, Lisa, you have a form on your website. That's what you want. You promote those lead generations, those those intake forms, and you build your list organically. You you want it to grow with relationships. You know, you want to prove to the inbox buyers that these people want me. You know, I'm not just trying to spam them. They want my information. They're opening it. It's valuable. You know, those are the things you want to build over time.
0: I actually have some people I've just put in there, but through my own business, like them inquiring to me. And you know what? Uh, Usually a lot of people stay on the list. Sometimes they say I never subscribed. I'm cool with that. I get some jerks that are like, say mean things to me. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe people can be so mean. It's the internet. A lot of people are mean. I know who they are. Like they're a person I know on Facebook or something. And I'm like, wow, you know, I read these, you know, so be gentle on the unsubs. Okay. <laughs> There's no need to be mean about it. I'm like, just get off it. Uh, uh, save a room for more for other people for me, you know?
1: But, well, and the thing is, if you're putting them one off, so you, you're, you, they've reached out to you, you're <laughs> building a relationship. That's like I said, that's completely different from, like you said, grabbing all thousand of your LinkedIn contacts yeah. or you know, no, those types of things. That was years ago.
0: But I've had a good list. I, I don't know, think the word procure is right. What is it where you fine tune it down to? Accumulated. Yeah. And I don't get a lot of unsubscribed anymore. I don't get a lot of uh, no spam list reviews, no list reviews, it's called. And I do a pretty good job. My open rates are good. My click rates aren't always good, but that comes from the open rates. So for those lis- listening in the, that uh, want to learn a little bit about newsletters, the open rates and click rates are totally different things, but the click comes from the open. And yeah, sometimes I don't get the best click rates, but I'm like, you know what? You would not believe some of those people it takes one click and they're my biggest client out of that newsletter.
1: Yeah, well, and it depends what you're doing with your emails. Right. Some, some of them you want to click. Sometimes here's a trick you can do. I don't even know this one, but if you have a newsletter yeah. every so often, ask them to reply to you. Hmm. And that actually helps your reputation because what they're doing is they're, it's building that conversation back and forth. So instead of saying, click here, go here, do all this stuff, say, hey, reply to me and tell me what you think about this thing, or what's your favorite dog? I don't, right. Just something like that. And that actually helps your reputation at the providers, which means your next messages have a better chance of getting in the inbox. Yeah. There's a little trick for you. Interesting. Well, so then another thing
0: to segue off that is Gmail. So I know that I've done some promotions with my newsletter, and I always have to test to find out where I'm gonna land in Gmail. Gmail the not G not Google Workspace, but the Gmail, the free Gmail. Mm-hmm. And there's what promotions, um updates. Yeah, there's like three different tabs now. And people are like, I never look in those. I, I whenever I hear that, I have a mini stroke inside. I'm like, I can't imagine not looking at any of my folders ever. And <laughs> so yeah, I've I've been in some people's promotion tabs. I've found it all just piles of mine
1: yeah and, and the promotions tab are kind of a unique thing because i've, I've seen a couple of things with the industries because a couple of things one i think 60 percent of gmail users actually have their tabs turned on so depending on your, your audience it might not matter yeah two most people open their emails on a mobile device the mobile device doesn't actually differentiate the tabs oh so it really doesn't matter good to know um, but the thing is, is some people nowadays, those tabs kind of like an outlook where you have focused or, yeah, focused or other yeah. in the views, you know, a lot of people actually like that separation. So when they go to the promotions tab looking for your stuff, they're actually looking at it and they're seeing the promotions, they expect it. Okay. Usually the promotions are are a little bit more salesy. So if you want to get out of that, usually you have to take some of the, the sales pitches, the prices, click here, order now. And it needs to become more of a conversational flow. Right. Make it look like a real email that you sent to like you and me, as opposed to sending to a customer. Right. That's kind of the, the, the couple of things Gmail looks at, whether it moves from one to the other. Well, I'm here I'm laughing going, here I am in the promotion, which I'm doing a promotion.
0: <laughs> so, so smart filter. It's working by design, how <laughs> oh, it's designed to be. Yeah, I've noticed that, um, I thought it was words, I thought it was other things, but making it conversation style actually makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And you know, what? I I have an iPhone, and I know a lot of people have Android, so the Android has the built-in Gmail, so it doesn't have, um, so it doesn't have the promotions in there, it
1: just all goes right to the inbox? I think so, I, I have an iPhone too, I don't. Yeah I, I, I less headaches for me personally. I, I, don't, I don't want to fight with Android. Well,
0: I've had my Gmail on my phone before. I don't have it on there now because I tend to just do it on my desk. But um, I think you're right. I think it does just go there. So, so there's a lot of ways that email can be delivered. And Very much in places. And that's interesting. And then I also know that what was the other one I was going to ask about? Gmail, Google Workspace and Gmail, when you use it in Outlook, they don't have the Promotions tab. It all just goes to the inbox or spam, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, they always have the spam folder.
0: Yeah, always. I'm in there all the time with my people. All right. So why don't you, we're getting about the end of my list here. Um, Why don't you give us a rough idea of what your company, like for services and what people would want to hire you for, maybe a couple top three things.
1: Yeah. So, so looking, most people that come to us, it's the same thing you, you kind of came to us for. You know, my, my emails are getting in the junk folder. I'm not getting the responses I want. Someone told me my stuff's in the junk. Mm-hmm. And being email delivery specialists, we, we look at all the different pieces. You know, when they come to us, it's not about just saying, oh, you need an SPF record or you need your DMARC. There's so many more pieces to it that that's usually the starting point. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it goes, okay, let's help you really really create a better process for your emails. You know, let's go in and let let's fix your found we call it the foundation. The authentication records are the foundation. Let's fix those, but let's also look at your marketing platform, okay? You have a list of 10,000 that hasn't engaged in 9 months, 10 months, a year, 2 years. Mm-hmm. You need to start cleaning that stuff up and and people don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of things. So, usually they come to us because they're having email problems. We, we have to look at all their systems to say where are the problems coming into? Is it your business email? Is it your marketing email? Is it your transaction? And, and we basically start from scratch with them to say, here's what you need because just because your previous IT guy or previous consultant mm-hmm. did it right or set it up mm-hmm. for you doesn't mean they knew what's going on. They, they didn't understand the latest technology. Right. Um, and so we have to take a, a step back to really say, okay, what does it need to be? How does it really need to be set up and then we say, hey, here's let's give you that good starting point. Let's look at your Google reputation. Let's check your sender score. And let's see what you're really doing and, and help you get into the, the the inbox. Let's make sure that you're following the best practices. So, so that's what we do. And we offer everything from one-off services, you know, set the foundation up to, you know, we're looking at offering some monthly management for you. Because sometimes, you know, Lisa, for you, you would much rather do Outlook problems and to your customers then worry if you're getting delivered you know we would we would keep track of your statistics oh look your open rates dropped from 20 down to 10 what happened oh right you know your mail convert kit is sending you out sending you out on an ip that microsoft doesn't like so we would have we would work with convert kit or whoever to to get that fixed so there's all these small pieces that as a business owner they don't want to deal with it they just want to talk to their customers they want to provide value to them and they want to keep business going for them and for their customers. So that's that's where they come in for us to deal with that annoying email stuff. Yeah,
0: and I have to say that the two ways I make the most money is number one, through people coming to my website and emailing me through my VCTA program, which you had to fix in some of my records. Remember that? Mm-hmm. that? My website, even though it's really old and stuff, it has updated technology and that VCTA is my bread and butter. Number two is my newsletters. And so um, I didn't do newsletters for like three or four months because I was like, whatever, I'm not in the marketing mood. And the guy had constant contact. I called him and I said, I got to tell you, I'm not interested in doing my newsletters right now because I hate your new templates. He was like, really? I said, yeah. He goes, well, how about if we make you a couple for free? And I said, all right. I was hoping that they would give me I didn't expect that, but they made it for me in a few days. It made me so happy that I went out and did it. And then he said, "So we're going to turn on your account again because I turned it on the ten dollars month plan just to keep it." And and I was like, "So maybe I should clean up my list and knock out some of the old people." And he was like, "What for thirty dollars?"
1: I was like, "You're the smartest sales guy ever." <laughs> yes, for thirty dollars, I'll email everybody. You know, I mean. Well, well once again, it goes back. Right. A bigger list is not a better list. Right. An engaged list is what you want. So if, if you save money from having a lower, uh, smaller yeah. list, well, that's kudos. But the, the impact you can have sending to that larger list could be more detrimental right. to your email marketing business in the future. So that, I'm with you. <laughs> you need to clean your list before you start sending again. If you want to start reengaging some of those older people, Start mixing them in, you know, you take your 7,000, cut it down to maybe 3,000 that are active. And if you want to start getting them back in, slowly start bringing them in every week you send it and see if they're still interested right. in it. But don't, like I said, don't go four months with no emails and then just start sending to your whole list. Now that's going to that. put you in an in inbox timeout.
0: That's what I did because he, when I said, as I like clean it up, he talked me out of it. <laughs>
1: Well, he wants to save that. He wants the money every month. That's, I know, but like, uh, then I was like, yeah, you're right. I spent like two hours making my newsletters. So I was like,
0: I ask a it to everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> might've missed out on that one customer because
0: you got in the spam. I know. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start focusing on my marketing again. So I was like, you know what, that's going to be on my list. to do a list cleanup. And you recommended
1: to remove all the bounces. And I still do that. You have to. It, those, those, yeah. ba- those hard bounces oh. kill you and spam complaints kill right. you. So you want to make sure that that's why it's important for them to opt into you. Right. Because that minimizes your spam complaints. And so does the consistency. They might have subscribed right. to you six months ago, but when they don't hear from you for four, and then all of a sudden they get a message. Like, <laughs> I don't know who this. Surprise. All that who? Spam. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. You know, I, I collect emails a lot of different ways, Neil. I'm, I'm pretty sneaky about that. <laughs> well, and, and going back to some of that, you can build a, uh, in your convert kit, one of these strategies mm-hmm. is building like a, an opt-in sequence to where you kind of just send them like one or two messages to get them to sign up to get into the regular weekly. So don't just throw them in your weekly. Build like oh. a little sequence of like, Hey, here's what I, here's who I am. Here's what I offer. Are you interested in more? So it's better to send two or three in that way than send four, five, six, ten, and then they get tired of you. So that's what you can do is if you collect the emails outside of your form, build a small sequence of like two or three emails to get them interested so they initiate themselves on your list. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's well, those are called uh, what segmented lists and groups, I think.
1: Well, segmenting is a little bit different, but yeah, that's one way you can. So it's, a, it's yeah. an opt-in sequence. And then segmenting is where you take life for you. Yeah. Customers and techs. Yep. Those are your two different audiences yep. that you want to target. Sometimes the emails cover both, but sometimes you want it more technical for your techs. Yes. Sometimes you want it more helpful for your clients. And so that's that segmentation. So you're guaranteeing that what you're sending them is of interest to them. So they open. So funnel marketing in a small sense.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I meant instead of segmented. Yeah, I have That's a lot cool. of people that are on my newsletter. They know that they're in a tech one or the my regular uh, end users. And sometimes I just send it to everybody because some of my information is meant for both audiences, you know. But yeah. my techs have gotten some that are tech only, and I talk techie in them. <laughs> That's why.
1: I don't and if, and if you send an owner of a business that techie one, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't have time for this.
0: Yeah so i've learned and i i should actually work on my newsletter strategies so I've, now that i'm back into it i had a pretty good open rate last time 30 some percent that's good not bad not bad I mean, at all grid. no all right do we have anything else to cover here neil i think i I, did, I had a list and you know what i have not done a podcast in two years as i told you um so i'm totally off my game <laughs>
1: I'm excited to get back into it. Oh, this is great. This is exciting. I love the stuff you put out there. So I'm excited to see who you introduce, who you talk about. And so that's why I've kind of followed you for the last couple of years because you always have some cool content. Thank you. I tried to, you know, I think what I had to learn about
0: myself in the past so many months, COVID was really an eye opener for me. The pandemic time is that I really love teaching. I don't love training. I found there's a difference. Yes, Yes, and you know what, I just have tried to figure out how to be the teacher I like, which is explaining and telling stories and training, so I found a gal I'm going to be doing something with, Um, her name is Connie, we're going to be doing a thing on uh, Teams and SharePoint OneDrive training, and I'm happy to refer her all the work, she actually has a system set up, real professional, stuff I don't want to do i'm yeah. not a trainer anymore
1: <laughs> microsoft 365 getting businesses to adopt teams OneDrive, sharepoint helping them understand it that is a challenge so if if she has a system that works well then i want to hear about it so well, i'm excited just, about that how interview how to use it so here's the thing is i'm gonna make sure everybody's clear on this is
0: that she trains on how to use it i do configuration and setup mm-hmm. but i do light training with all my clients so If someone was to call me and say, Lisa, we've got 25 people that just want to know how to use Teams, I would probably say you need to call her. But her her training is online in already pre-made videos. But she also does custom for, you know, custom, she can do it privately. But I actually do technical setup configuration and light training. That's totally Mm -hmm. different. But a lot of people have it set up wrong. Yes, they do. And I set it up right. And that's what a lot of my work comes from is people saying, we have a big mess. I'm like, well, let's go unmess it up. Let's get
1: it right. Yeah, Microsoft has a lot of training out there, but it doesn't make sense to the business owner. It's, here's all my apps. Here's all the things you can do with it. And then the business looks and be like, I'm not sitting through 12 hours of training that might not even apply to me. Right. Well, that's how I met Connie was.
0: My the client called me after he took her training loved it and that's how I met her to refer, but um, he had a lot of technical issues. So I came in and fixed all the technical issues so then he could use his training. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, and that's what's great yeah. about this community yeah. is, you know, you don't have to know email stuff. You don't have to take the time to train. Yeah. You, we have people out there and we love working together with each other. So it's a great community you're building. And that's, that's what I love about technology in today's society. Oh, great. I call it my referral team. That's what I call it now. Um, I don't have employees.
0: I have a referral team. That's all you need. <laughs> that's right. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody how to get in touch? I'm also going to put this in the show notes so they can just click and link and all that and uh, get in touch with you.
1: Okay. You can, you can reach out to us through into inbox.com. So I am the number two inbox.com. Um, we're revamping it right now. So hopefully there's some cool stuff coming down the pipe and you can find me on LinkedIn at Neil E. Robinson is my, my handle tag, whatever you want to do, call me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. That's the best ways to reach out to me. If you have any questions, I'll just give you my email, Neil at into inbox.com. And if, if you send me an email from wherever you're doing, I can tell you what's wrong with it pretty fast, and I can tell you how to fix it. So, um, reach out to me. Uh, I'd right. love to help you guys. Our our goal is to get have people get their messenger out to the world. You know, Wait, through, you offer the people. one hour
0: consultations or
1: whatever. So yeah, we're going to set that up because we we want to start doing that because we find like you said, Lisa, it's sometimes all it takes is that hour just to help them right. get to where they need to. So we're changing our part of the rebranding, retooling is we're changing some of our products and stuff because. Sometimes they need just an hour, and sometimes they need more. So we want to be there for help everyone.
0: Well, I was telling Neil some tips of what I do for, for the tech support because, first of all, you want to manage, manage the expectations, right? So when people call me and they're like, Lisa, we, we got um, you know, four users, all with messed up OneDrive, SharePoint, Teams. We want it all to work well, how am I supposed to know how many hours that's going to take? How am I supposed to know how many people are on old computers, small hard drives, have a one terabyte SharePoint, have, you know, multiple devices. I don't even find that out till the first hour is over. So then I, what I've learned is as a consultant and a you know, quote expert in my field is I said, let's start with the one hour consult and that will be our onboarding. Then I cover all those questions and then I could tell the owner, okay, you're looking at 10 to 12 hours of work here. And I'm going to give you a soft quote of, you know, whatever. And I will give you a discount for bulk hours. So we'll just take care of it. And then when it's done, you have time left over or whatever. And that's the only way we
1: can do it in these, with how crazy systems are these days. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like you said, I've seen people like my emails aren't working. Okay, well, how many email systems are you using? What email systems are you using? What do you... And sometimes they're partially set up, like one right. might be set up. For so I can say, well, I can say you this product, but it doesn't really fit your need. So, yeah, that's and that's kind of what we've seen, too, is it's, it's, we need to be more dynamic or whatever you want to say, where it's we give more options as to what's what, what they really need.
0: Yeah, the one hour consultation is what I'd recommend because I do it all the time now. And after that, you can find out, OK, we have a bigger problem because how are you supposed to know everything without talking to someone?
1: Yep. Nope. And, and it builds their trust in you too. I've seen that too, where you where you show them something, you, you show them their expertise, right. and they start trusting you because they see it actually work. Where before it's like, how am I going to pay that much for who?
0: You know what? That's how I got to know my YouTube consultant to t- t- teach me stuff. As I paid him for an hour, we did it over Zoom. I learned so much in that hour. He yeah. was like, you don't even need me for anything else because you already knew the next stuff. You just needed this stuff. And I was like, yep. That's how sometimes my clients are, too. But I'll tell you, Neil, what the stuff you do, that won't be me. <laughs> no. That's fine. I'm still going to stay in my wheelhouse and stuff. I, I actually, um, I'm helping a client tomorrow that I'm going to be doing some WordPress forms aren't sending to the inbox. So I'm going to do my quick over, and you might be getting that after me.
1: <laughs> Let me know.
0: No, not my thing, but we'll see. All right, do you have anything else to share with us, Neil?
1: Nope, that's it. Email is the best way to do business. Make sure you're set up correctly.
0: It is. I still love it every day. I've been I've been in Outlook Tech now since the 90s, 20-some years of doing email. My first job was a um, VAX administrator. <laughs> Running, that's email. awesome. Running emails off the server. All right, folks, that's it for this show. Um, I'm closing my first show in two years. Well, how about that? Um, so let's see here. I'm going to make sure I put my notes. So I'm going to have all of Neil's information in the show notes and my stuff in the show notes and on the YouTube and email me if you have any requests or want to be on the show. That's it, folks. I will see you next time. Thanks.